Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. We're a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation, and we'll be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams and get your project done right, on time, on budget, and with quality craftsmanship. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, I have Quinn McLaughlin with me, and we're going to get into EV chargers for your vehicles. Quinn brings over 10 years of experience in the electrical industry with his commercial and residential construction projects. He has always been an entrepreneur and loves helping people. He also has a sincere passion for personal growth and achievement. Speaking of the choir here, I am as well. Um, As the owner of MJR Electric in BC, Quinn believes that the construction industry is changing and he wants to set an example in the innovation and customer satisfaction experience. He has achieved strategic partnerships with Tesla, ChargePoint, and Generic for EV charging and backup power supply. His business has grown quickly because of his keen passion for reducing carbon emissions, educating his clients, and providing them with a quality product. So welcome to the All Things Renovation Show, Quinn, and thanks for joining me. You're very welcome. So I have to say, I have personally flirted with the idea of getting an EV, but I have yet to commit But for those who have already or are about to take the jump, I'm wondering kind of like what happens after you buy your electric vehicle other than you you need to charge it up. And I know cars, unlike newborns, come with a a manual. (laughs) But how many how many calls do you get from owners who didn't really think that whole thing through? Oh, I'd say about 90 percent of the phone calls we get. uh, People don't really think about the charging or the charging scenario once they have their car. So it's, it's, it's a pretty high amount that is very uneducated. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, let's get into the, to the logistics around that. I mean, like, uh, I, I know that, you know, obviously you're going to need some available power to do whatever, you know, charging system you're going to use. So maybe walk us through like some of the basics around that. Yeah. Uh, so the majority of people don't realize that, um, you know, like you, they just think you can plug it in and you're good to go. But in the majority of houses, like, for example, electric vehicle charging is a heavy load to add on to a current residential house or if it's a strata, a strata building. Um, and it, it's almost equivalent to an oven. Uh, and that's just the easiest way for people to visualize it. So an oven actually takes up. 6,000 watts of space and EV charger is about 7,500 watts of space. So it's almost another good comparison is the equivalent to a hot tub. Um, So most people don't realize that. uh, And that's if you want to have like a level two uh, charger, that's about a 32 amp draw and can charge in about four to six hours, maybe eight, depending on what car you drive and what the size of the battery is. Um, other words, other options than that is trickle charging, which is just the same as having a trickle charger for a regular car and you plug it into a regular outlet, uh, but that will take anywhere from 24 to 48, uh, 48 hours for a full charge. Right. Okay. So you, you just mentioned like a level two charger, maybe let's even just back up a little further. There's, is there level one, two, three, um, maybe talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so a level one charger is like the the outlets in your house that you plug your car charge, uh, your sorry, your phone charger into. That would be right. So like an extension cord. Let's just plug it in, plug it yeah. in, and it'll take like a day and a half or two to give you a full yeah. charge on your vehicle. Is that right? 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then level two would be? A level two um, would be like uh, an oven outlet or a dryer outlet that you can plug into. Uh, so a little bit of a different design. It's called like a NEMA 1450R or a NEMA 1430R. Um, uh, or or you can get a wall charger that's uh, the same amount of amperage, but it comes out of a charger instead of an outlet. And those usually give you a variety from 20 to 32 amps, or sometimes even up to 60 or 80. Uh, just completely depends on, on what your service is. And then there's a level three. A level three is what you see uh, like the airports or some parking lots are the, they're the fast chargers. So these are the chargers where you can go and plug in in 30 minutes and have, you know, 75% of the battery uh, filled up or 100%, depending on your car. Right. Um, so to, to, from a charging speed perspective, we're, we're talking the, the number of amps. And, you know, for people who don't know, basically, the, the larger the number of amps, the quicker the speed of charge will be, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. So the level three chargers are close to like, I think they're around 150 amp charger at for 480 volts. So they're more like an industrial commercial setting. You're never going to see it in the house. Right. So we're going to need all this power. And what happens if, you know, you know, a lot of us live in older homes, like I know I do. And when we first moved here, we had like nowhere near the amount of power we needed. We needed to upgrade. So how often do you see that? And then, um, you know, walk me through a little bit of what the the sleuthing process is to figure out, you know, how much power you have and then what are you going to be able to do about it, whether it's an upgrade or maybe a workaround? Yeah, uh, about 90% of the buildings that we go into do not have enough power for electric vehicle charging. And that's including stratas, uh, multi-unit residential buildings, commercial buildings, or um, residential houses. Uh, in Vancouver, the majority of houses have a 100 amp panel. Uh, to give you some perspective on that, if you have a suite that's got an electric range and then you have your main house that's got an electric range, electric oven, I'll, I'll say oven because most people know what oven is, yeah. um, then your, your, your panel's at your max capacity and you cannot go and add a, a charger uh, onto it. So, and it's very similar in the multi-unit residential space. Uh, if it's a building that's like 20, 30 plus years old, they designed it for, or they, they built electrical capacity in the building for what was needed at that time. So there's usually maybe space for one charger max. Um, solutions for that in, in, in both spaces, there's a few, few different things that we can do. Um, you know, one of them is you can decommission one of the ovens or one or two of your appliances, but majority of people don't do that uh, option <clears throat> option. Another option would be to use what we call a, a DCC nine or a DCC 10. It's a load management system. So what that will do is it connects to your main service and it will read your service and see. Uh, so it'll uh, read your consumption of electricity. And if you're at a higher consumption, um, it basically will not charge your electric vehicle at that time until it drops back down. Uh, right. So, for example, if you have two ovens running, or you have and the dryer, and you know whatever you've got. Uh, yeah, it's not going to charge your car. So, it, but but I mean, the reality is that most of us are not having full consumption or even hardly any consumption in the overnight. 
time period, which is when a lot of us would be charging their cars. So in that case, that would be a a good workaround from having to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, like the electrical electrical code says one thing, but reality is another. Um, So our electrical code says we do a demand calculation. If that calculation shows that you're house is over it doesn't matter if you don't use any of those appliances at nighttime we can legally install any uh, electric vehicle charging stations without you know something like me personally or one of my guys signing off saying yeah we've provided the space in this town the service is okay to handle it and the one way around it is one of these devices um and then again the other option which you just mentioned for a house or for multi-unit strata buildings is uh, a service upgrade. It's it's a lot more costly. Um, uh, in in the sorry, I should say, in the multi-unit residential space is a lot more costly. In the residential housing space, sometimes it's not that much more just to get a service upgrade because the the management devices can be expensive. Yeah. So um, so I mean, give me an idea. Like just obviously, no one's going to hold you to the dollar that's listening to this or whatever. But just give me an idea. of, you know, how much is one of the, the DC units and then how much approximately? I mean, obviously there's a whole bunch of different conditions around that, like where we're going and how far, to, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. But on average, are we looking at like 500 bucks? Or are we looking at $5,000? Like kind of what's the range for each of them? Yeah, so uh, for a DCC9 in a house or it's, it's similar to a Strata depending on the length uh, from the panel to the charger. Um, you're around 2,500 bucks to get that installed. Uh, a service upgrade, 25, I'd say three. And then for um, a service upgrade that can be anywhere from 35 to five, depending on, and this is primarily residential, uh, yeah. depending on, you know, if we have to run a private poll or on, on how the house is oriented. I mean, the small print is that every, every condition is going to differ a little bit, but yeah, like you're basically looking at, yeah. you know, you know, approximately double to have go from the workaround to, you know, what we would consider the proper um, solution. Correct. Yeah, exactly. And if you're, if you have lots of power in your house and like, for example, your main panel is in the garage, um, it's, it's a lot cheaper. Uh, say you have 200 amp panels in your garage. We just run 10, 15 feet of cable and tie into the breaker, install the charger. That's about 750 bucks. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, like small print. Every condition is different. <laughs> um, okay. So as far as the actual chargers are concerned, um, you know, may, I maybe everyone knows that a Tesla was like sort of like an early fancy version of the EVs. Um, you know, the other you know. Other manufacturers had EVs, you know, in and around and before that. But um, now if you buy a specific vehicle, I'm, so, I'm thinking like whether it's Tesla or Kia or Mitsubishi or whatever, like do they each have their own charger that you really should mate with the car? I know, I think Tesla sort of recommends that, do they not? Yeah, so each car, um, uh, each car comes with a charger usually and usually comes with like a, a the same outlet that you'd see plug into a range or a dryer. Mm-hmm. Um, and 90% of the time that is, you know, the easiest solution if you're plugging in at home. Uh, they're good up to a 32 amps. And then 
for the majority of the cars that you can get, electric cars, there's a 30, uh, the, the onboarding charger on the car is only rated for 32 amps. So for example, if you were to plug it into the charger that can provide up to 60 amps, the car would only ever draw 32. Um, so for 90% of the installations, uh, you, you don't necessarily need a wall charger if you have, um, have that charger that comes with the car. For in Tesla's case, they call it the mobile charger. And it can also adapt. So if you have that uh, outlet that plugs into, or I shouldn't say the, the plug that plugs into a range or a dryer or an oven outlet, um, you can change that. So it will plug into a 120 volt where you, you, you can have different adapters that will adjust. So when you're traveling, um, you can plug it in wherever you find uh, somewhere to plug it into. Um, the advantage to the chargers is uh, in Tesla's case, if you're to have a Model X or one of the um, extended battery version cars, and, and this would be the same for the new Ford Lightning trucks that are coming out or any of these other uh, bigger battery vehicles, is you can get a higher charge. So you can go up to 60, and then with the Tesla one, you can go all the way up to 80 amps in the 100 amp breaker. Um, what does that mean? Just means more charging speed, uh, but your car has to be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. If your car can't handle more than 32 amp, uh, or it's limited to whatever that charger is inside the car, um, then it's not really worth your while to get um, one of these chargers installed. I'll, I'll mention one more point. The other point to having a wall charger installed is some people like automation and call it the the sexy of electrical or the the, <laughs> you know, the fancy have the app on your phone yeah um and that'll it'll give you a little bit more automation and you can see for example you can you, you can program the charger to say okay i do not want to charge during peak hours uh, when billing is high for bc hydro or your electrical provider uh so it'll it'll say okay i'm going to charge from 11 at night to four in the morning uh, and then it just runs that program and you know, you, you get updates of when your car is charging or when it's not charging. Majority of cars do that anyways, if they're connected to Wi-Fi. Um, but that's one, one other advantage to having one of these. Yeah, so I, I can see like if um, we start getting into different billing levels on demand timeframes and all that kind of thing. I don't think that here in BC we're that sophisticated yet, but I can see that coming where, you know, right around dinner time is going to be like the peak level because everyone's at home using their, mm -hmm. their appliances and whatever. So, you know, the electricity you use in that time, time window is going to be more per unit than if it's in the middle of the night. So you want to charge your car in the middle of the night, not at a, a peak demand uh, time period, and then yeah. it'll end up costing you less. If of course we get to that point where we're going to be having that fluctuation in in the cost of <laughs> our electricity being delivered to us, I don't think we're that sophisticated here yet. But I can see it coming. You know, I, I really could. Yeah, you know, to, to basically drive consumers to you know be more mindful around their consumption, right? Yeah, no, I definitely will. Like BC Hydro, right now they have incentives out, but uh, for these EV wall chargers, but they're they're trying to create a network. Uh, through residential, through multi-unit residential, um, so that they have access to these chargers to dial them back or turn them off because they're worried in 10 years that the grid's not going to be able to handle it. 
uh, but it oh, interesting. coincide with that, um, they're going to up the rates for uh, electricity. Right. So their end goal. <laughs> so, so what what kind of rebates are they offering right now? Uh, so for residential, um, you can get up to three hundred fifty dollars if you install one of these. You you need to have the wall charter. Right. Um, for multi-unit residential, you can get two thousand for a charger, up to fourteen thousand. Wow. Or you can do what's called an EV ready plan. And that's where we come in, we do an assessment of the building, uh, we do your power assessment, and their EV, their EV ready plan is just an outline or a, or a document um, for DC Hydro that gives them an idea of how, how much power is available and what they need to do uh, to have the, the parkade EV ready. And that means every stall or, uh, uh, have, yeah, no, every stall needs to have an electric vehicle charging outlets or uh, power provided to and if you go through that route there's almost i think there's up to eighty thousand available in incentives wow. um, so they'll give you yeah they'll give you six thousand or sorry six hundred per um wiring to the arcade stall and then they'll give you i think it's about two thousand per charger that's installed oh so, so i'm imagining like a lot of new build towers and whatnot are probably going to be taking advantage of so it, it doesn't apply to new build construction it's no? just no it's okay. just for these old buildings that need to be retrofitted. okay well that's good to yeah. know as well not that i'm a developer or anything but um, <laughs> you know i but I, I would also imagine i mean like it's going to be something that you know more and more is going to be in demand so i would imagine if you know a developer were to do something that would probably be a wise thing to do yeah at the time of the build yeah so well, have, you know, it's, what's that? It's it's a electrical code for them to provide space for these chargers now. Right, but do they need to have it to every stall? Uh, I think it's about eighty percent of them. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Um, so, I mean, so we have this need to plug our cars in to you know charge them up, and I mean, in your garage or whatever, is there a better place? to mount the chargers is it there is there ever really a conversation around that or is it just like really obvious like i'm imagining like there's a bunch of people that maybe park on one side or the other and they've got a whole bunch of you know their stuff in the garage and like you know i'm imagining like you would need to obviously have clearance and you know a bunch of different things and um do you ever have to have a conversation around like people moving their junk out of the way in order to put something in uh, well, usually, yeah, because the, their garages are full of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as placement goes for these chargers, the cords are about 20, 25 feet. So you can kind of place them wherever. If you're looking to charge two electric cars, then yeah, you want it somewhere in the middle of the garage. Um, the charging ports are usually at the back side of the car, depending on the car. So if you only have one that's got eight foot of length, for a cable, then we really do have to be careful where it's going. But 90% of the time, it doesn't matter. In <clears throat> multi-unit residential, it does matter uh, because we have to worry about protection. They want to see a uh, bollard installed. So that basically a steel bollard so somebody doesn't back up into it. Um, that's the only other, like you don't need to worry about that in a house. Right. For, for um, so, I mean, are there any, are there any pitfalls around 
putting this thing in your garage or are there any, is there any maintenance that's required? Like, are, is there any, is there any downside to, you know, getting this situation sorted out? Uh, the, the only downside is it's technology. So sometimes it'll fail after a few years. Uh, everything's so new with the EV charging. They don't really know how long they're going to last because they've only been around for maybe five years or starting to be used for about five years. Um, in, in, in the world of electricity and electronics, generally speaking, if it lasts the first year, then you're not going to have a problem with it until or, uh, until further, like five plus years down the road. Right. So, um, so there isn't really any hurdles. The, the biggest hurdle is like in houses, if you have a detached garage, we have to get the cable there somehow. And mm -hmm. we have to usually trench. And if you have concrete driveway or pavers or whatever, we have to get around it. Uh, so usually that, that will deter people from wanting to install a car charger in their detached garage because there's almost more money in landscaping costs than there would be. <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? And that's if you can find someone to do it right now. Um, so we we talked. We just touched on very very um, quickly. So I'm I'm on the go. I'm at a friend's house, and I'm low on battery. I can just plug into any outlet that they have, but it's going to take forever to charge. Is basically the the nuts and the bolts of it. Yeah. Um, and I know that a lot of uh, like more and more like there's gas stations and I know a friend of mine has a Tesla and she she mapped a course all the way to Disneyland just for the heck of it and it just you know popped up on the screen and he, she could see where all of the charging stations were and they um, at each one it was you know you know you need to stay here for x number of minutes to get enough charge to make it to the next one and all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of integrated intelligence I guess into some of some of the vehicles anyway that can help yes. you map out your your longer drive so I think the the range anxiety that a lot of people were sort of feeling in the beginning is maybe not as big of an issue um but I don't know I'm I'm still kind of on the fence I'm not I have a decent vehicle right now so I'm not really <laughs> needing to, to jump into anything brand new quite yet but I I could see I could see it I could see you know jumping on that bandwagon for sure now do you drive an electric vehicle I don't at the moment. I'm kind of waiting for more utility vehicles to be released. So like I mentioned a little bit earlier, the Ford uh, is releasing an F-150 truck that's electric, fully electric. And, you know, yeah, I, I heard it has a pretty decent range on it, too. I think yeah, it does. Yeah, it's got about, I think, uh, 300 miles. So that's about 500 kilometers. Right. And of course, that, that's that's just the truck that's not under load. So as soon as you start, you know, towing a trailer or a boat or, you know, whatever, then that's going to totally die. Just like any any gas powered vehicle, like your your mileage suffers if you start, you know, loading the, the vehicle. But, up. Uh, yeah, no, we, we all have uh, gas uh, vehicles right now. I'm, I'm waiting for more of the fleet uh, electric vehicles to catch up, um, but they haven't quite been launched here in, in Canada yet. So. Right. All right. Well, I'm wondering, um, is there any anything else that we sort of missed touching on in our conversation today that you'd want to share with anyone? Uh, I would just say if you're looking at getting an electric car, make sure you do a little bit of research. Uh, we have lots of resources on our website. We're always building more. So we'll have a lot of education through uh, blog pages that kind of tell you what you should be looking for before you buy an EV. Uh, you definitely want to look at how you're going to charge it, 
if you're if you're driving like 20 kilometers a day, it doesn't really matter. You can get away with just plugging into a regular outlet. If you're try, driving more than 50 to 100 kilometers a day, you should probably look at getting a level two charger. Um, right now, there's lots of level two chargers around and available, um, but sometimes there are fighting matches uh, <laughs> to get in and get charged. Um, and that's only gonna get worse. So if, uh, if you haven't looked into what you do for charging um, uh, at your house or at your, your building, it, it's something that you should in the future. Um, yeah. Well, that, that's a great segue. So if a listener wanted to get in touch with you to look at the situation around, you know, do I have enough power? And I'm thinking about an electric vehicle and all that kind of stuff. What would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? And um, maybe just list off your website that has those resources that are available for people to check into. Yeah. So, so like I said, my blog page has all those resources. We're constantly updating that and more. Uh, if you do want to reach out to us, we have a booking page and that's probably the best to be honest, because uh, we're getting a lot of requests right now on what that does is it kind of puts it in a work pleasure for us. And uh, then we, me and my, my sales um, staff will work through or work through the request, get back to you and help you. All right, so what's, what's that website? Uh, our website is www.mjrelectric.ca. Excellent, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, so before we wrap up the show, I wanted to ask you a couple of fun questions that I asked yeah, absolutely. people. Um, <laughs> nothing nefarious, nothing like, you know, it's gonna put you under the bus or anything like that. But so the first one is, what would you like to change or renovate in your own home? Change or renovate my own home? Um, so I currently don't own right now, but I will speak. I, my my, my uh, mother has some property in the Okanagan and uh, she's about to retire. So what I would love to do there is create a legal suite and, and help um, do some development of creating a shop in her backyard, potentially a carriage house. And, and do a bit of a renovation there. So that's in, in the four thoughts of the future. Nice. For sure. Yeah. Cool. And then obviously you're an electrician, so you are somewhat handy. <laughs> yes. um, so what's your favorite tool and, and or what, what one do you like to use the most or what's the most fun or, you know, what's, what's the thing that you always turn to? Uh, what's the most fun? I don't know. I think for most trades people, they love taking a sledgehammer to the wall, but uh, you know, there's so much satisfaction that. in doing demolition, right? Yeah, <laughs> we don't do a whole lot of that in electrical trade. I think, you know, our, our best tool is our um, our multimeters or our, uh, or we call them a little Voltic, but it's 100%. You go and you put it on a wire on an outlet and he has to make sure it's live or not. Yeah. Uh, those are probably our most important tool. Um, my favorite tool... I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Uh, my favorite tool is bandsaws, the little portable bandsaws, because uh, we do a lot of conduit work, so it's so much easier than having to use the old school hand hacksaw and cutting cutting pipe or whatever, right? So <laughs> yeah, they're pretty slick nowadays. Excellent. All right. Well, again, it's been really, really good having you on the show, and I hope that our listeners have found some really great and valuable insight into what 
to do when they bring home their brand new EV and uh, be able to charge her up. So um, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me. All right. Ciao for now. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about all things renovation. We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for all things renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at woodbeart.com to get started on your dream project now.